0: What's up y'all, it's your man Ernest, so you love Ernest, same guy, different name, back again with another episode, the Let's Talk About the podcast. So, this episode, we have a guest, another guest here, um, Genesis Amaris Kemp, you're about to hear the nice conversation we've had, um, really enjoyed her insight, um, she talks about her book, chocolate drop in corporate america um as you can see that will also be in a link to that will be in the description box below please pick that book up um let me know what you think reach out to genesis as well let her know what you think about the book support this woman for sure and uh thanks for listening
1: Good morning.
0: Hey, good morning.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I am doing well.
0: <laughs> Glad to hear that. Uh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Anytime. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. No problem. Uh, just want to start off, um, want to share as much about yourself and just who you are, letting the listen- listeners know.
1: Okay. So, let me know when you're ready.
0: Sure, right now. <laughs> I mean, whenever you're ready.
1: <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It's um, Genesis Amars Mars Camp. A little bit about me. I started my author journey about... Some few months ago, so back in January, actually. So I knew I had a book inside of me, but I just wasn't ready to birth the book out. So I was writing out of frustration, based on some of the trials and tribulations I went through at work, and I just started writing one day. Chocolate drop in corporate America in in a note app on my phone. Little did I know that was going to kind of turn into a full blown book. So I would definitely say that writing has always been my passion, but I'd never tapped into it until January this year. Um, Previously, before I started writing, I, you know, I was doing other jobs. I thought I was I thought I was on track to go to med school. Um, Turns out I never ended up going to med school. I switched my major. Um, my parents were a little upset, so that's a little bit about my work situation. And then I kind of just fell into oil and gas. I had never dreamed of being in oil and gas. And I didn't know that there was going to be so much racial tension, so much um, hatred, so much competitiveness, and et cetera, because my my whole focus was medical school. Whereas when you work in the medical industry, you in- interact with people of all all backgrounds, all nationalities, ethnicities, and et cetera. So I wasn't really concerned about that. Um, a little bit more about my personal background I'm a wife. I have um, siblings. So I have two brothers, two sisters. I love um, spending time with my nieces and nephews, traveling. My parents aren't American, so we travel quite a bit whenever we can outside the country. So um, my parents' background, they're and I was born here. So I definitely, it was instilled in me in a young age that, you know, you work hard, you go to school, you graduate and you get a good job. However, I don't necessarily feel like that's everyone's path because not everyone is cut out to go to school. So I feel like sometimes when you're, when your parents are from a different place, they have instilled certain values in them based on their culture. But then whenever, whenever you get submerged in like the American um, lifestyle and et cetera, then you see that, you know, there's endless possibilities. Like you can, you don't have to have a college degree to make a lot of money. You don't have to follow like the certain cultures and, all of that stuff. You could be your own, you could be your own person and you necessarily don't have to go with the flow of things. So um, I definitely felt like just me being a little bit different and vocal and, you know, direct and stuff. I didn't follow that cookie cutter path because I knew that there was more inside of me than just going to school, getting a good job because a job doesn't make you you know? And I feel like a lot of times people kept asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Instead of who do you want to be when you grow up? So I, I coupled that along with my journey. Um, another thing that people don't know about me is I'm like really, really goofy. Like, you know, I could come to you like PC, like politically correct, but then, you know, I could throw in a little ratchetness (laughs) sometimes too. And I just feel like, you you have to switch it up and not everyone is perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. And I'm so sick and tired of people expecting one another to be perfect and holding individuals up on a pedestal because you have to remember, like you weren't all together where you are now. It took bumps and bruises to get you refined and get you to see of what you want to be and who you want to be and I feel like sometimes when people meet you in your current season like they're judging you not even knowing like where you have walked so I like to be very transparent and honest with people um and and it and it takes a lot out of you because sometimes when when you have that personality people are like oh she's a b-word or she thinks she's all that or or whatever the case may be and that's not really it like don't judge, don't judge me until you get to know me, you know? So I'm definitely not a cookie cutter chick. Um, Definitely lots of up and downs. I'm, I'm open. I'm real down to earth living my best life now. Still, (laughs) still many more years to go, I hope. And, um, you know, I believe in seeing all the possibilities and getting outside of your bubble and not being stuck in your comfort zone, because when you remain stuck in your comfort zone, you're limited where you can go.
0: Nice. I like that. Um, yeah, as a fellow writer myself, um, I found myself pretty much going through the same things I having the same type of mindset almost. Um, my parents, um, they were both born here, but they had that same mindset um, and they accomplished what they could. Uh, both of them have a bachelor's uh, not bachelor's uh, associate's degrees. Um, And for that time, that was, you know, the, the norm. It was like, you just, if you weren't going to get a two-year degree, you, you, you got, you went on to do, I guess, bigger and better things in their eyes. And that's what they wanted for myself and my brothers as well. I have three other siblings and I chose the different path and, um, yeah, you, it, it is hard. It's difficult. It's it's not as easy as people may, might make it seem. I, there was someone telling me yesterday, like, "Oh, you're living a life. You're 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 doing what you want, and you with the podcast with your writing." And I'm mean, like, "It's great and all, but you know, it is hard work. It, it's hard work, and then it's hard to uh, explain to just other people." Let alone family that mm-hmm. you you're you're cho- you've chosen like your path and in, instead of you know staying on the quote straight and narrow or the the right path to their eyes or whatever so um, it's pretty dope but it, like I said it's been a passion of mine R- writing has been a passion of mine since the fifth grade and it wasn't until like later on obviously after I did a few years of college that I found out that it was you know, actually a real passion, not just some hobby. So um, just stemming off of that, when was the first time you realized uh, writing was something that you were very passionate about?
1: High school, I... So I was in a creative writing class and that class just pulled so much out of me because it stretched me. Like I wasn't just writing about like ordinary prompts. I was like free writing. And I feel like when you free write, it's like, you know, it's like your personal, it's like your heart, your soul, like it's you. It's not like, Oh, I'm writing based off of this prompt that the teacher gave me. No, I'm writing like my true feelings. And some of my writing actually um, got entered into a competition and it got published in a magazine. And I was like, yeah, that's so dope. And like, it really encouraged me. And I had came home, told my parents about it. They're like, Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. And I'm like, okay. But then you still, (laughs) you still kind of like, okay, are they saying that's good? Or like, they're saying like, Oh, this is not, you know, this is not it. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: Right. I I tell you, like my journey has been crazy. Like <laughs> before I even went to, before I even went to college, I went to acting school. I made my parents pay for acting school. How was that? <laughs> it it was dope. Like it really was dope. I went to this school here in Houston called the Neil Hamel Agency. Right. Did the acting program or whatnot? Then I had auditioned for IMTA LA, which is International Model and Talent Agency, and I had got selected. Right, so of course, you know everything is is not free. It comes with a price tag. So I told my parents, oh, I need about three K. 3K for what? Like, cause my mom's like, she's like old school Caribbean. And she's like, oh no, if they want you, they will pay for you to go there. We're not paying 3K. And I was like, man, you're crushing my dreams. Like you would never know like what you would get just by investing. So my parents like they said no, and I was like really crushed and hurt. But then, you know, looking back, I was like, man, I I definitely believe that you know God has a plan for everyone, and even if you're not religious or whatnot, like the universe has a plan for you. And sometimes you have to consider closed doors as an opportunity. And I do believe still to, to till today, like if it's meant to be, someone will come along my path and you know get me reintroduced to it. But I definitely love love acting love movies and stuff like that but i i definitely can couple the knowledge that i learned from there like doing monologues and etc um with now podcast interviews that i'm doing so it's like every little thing that you do in your life comes around full circle whether or not you see it
0: yeah that's dope that's dope um as far as the books that you've written, I know you've written uh, you mentioned a book that uh, you were talking about. Do you want to expound on that book and as well as just any other projects you might be working on um, written wise and maybe acting wise?
1: Sure. So uh, right now I'm just really promoting my my first book that I wrote. It's called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the pit to the palace. That book was a birth um, out of frustration and I also had a semi-mentor along the journey when I started writing. And so how I actually got into writing my full book was I had met another fellow author who's out there grinding, doing her thing. I met her at a um, woman's event called The League. And you know, I was just really intrigued by her spirit, like what she was doing was like just really cool. So I wanted to really know more about her. So it wasn't until like some months went by, I just got bold and I was like, hey, can I meet, Can you meet me at Starbucks for some coffee or whatnot? And I had showed her my piece, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, the little short short paragraph that I had wrote in my notes app. And she's like, man, this is so dope. I can really hear your voice in it. I think I think you're you're going somewhere with this. And she's like, you should write a book. And I was like, no, you know, like these pieces are just like, you know, kind of personal, but it's my way to release. Right. So then she had ended up giving me her publisher's information and her publisher was like running a contest or whatnot. She was looking for new authors out there. And uh, my friend she told me, Hey, you need to enter this competition. I was like, Oh, okay. And when I looked at the deadline, it was the same day. She told me at like, I think eleven fifty nine 59 PM. I was like, Holy crap. I'm like, what am I going to submit? And she's like, yeah, submit chocolate drop. I was like, this little paragraph, is this even going to meet it? So I just submitted the paragraph, forgot all about it completely. Then came, come around January time. I was in Florida on vacation. So then I got a call that says, hey, I would just call you to let you know that you won the contest. And I'm like, and I had to think for a minute. I'm like, what contest? And then I was like, oh, shoot, for real? And then I was so excited, so excited. And then everything kind of happened so fast. It was like, boom, boom, boom. So she's like, oh, I'm going to send over this contract for you to sign. And then me being a novice in the game, I'm like, wait, I'm not going to sign anything until I have someone legally look, look at it. So I had called a lawyer friend of mine. I was like, would you mind looking over this contract to make sure everything is on the up and up? So got that squared away. And then I ended up signing the contract. And then I she told me, hey, you need to write 12,000 words by this time. So I was like, okay, so every day, I went to work. And every time they pissed me off, it was just adding fuel to the fire. So that gave me more ammunition to write my book. So I would come home, from work I would tell my husband hey I'm going I'm going to my room I'm gonna write so every day like clockwork I will come home take a shower write. day in and day out until I got to the 12,000 words and by this time I didn't even have a freaking lap laptop no lie so I was strictly writing on my phone which is the hardest thing because yes, if is. you're writing <laughs> on your phone <laughs> social media things, things are pinging you left and right. And then I was like, you know what, I need to put my phone on do not disturb because I need to, I need to follow through with my goals. And I want to, and I know there was a message inside of me that needed to be birthed, not just to help Myself, but for those coming besides behind me and future generations to come, because by this time I'm thinking about legacy. I'm thinking about laying a foundation because it's for my other brothers and sisters that look like me and those who don't look like me to give them the ammunition that they need to know. Don't ever let limitations that other people place on you, keep you in bondage. Like you were created for so much more. So that's about my movement. I want to encourage people and um come march time frame i was done with my book so i wrote my book from january to march late at night turned it in i designed the cover of my book um not sure if you've seen the, i'm sure you've seen the image but if you look at the cover of my book you'll see that there's all different nationalities on there There are people from various sectors because I want people to know that systemic issues don't just happen in corporate America. They happen in all industries. And then there's a world in the background letting people know these struggles aren't just in America. They're worldwide. No matter where you go, there's always going to be some form of systemic issues and some hurdles that you have to overcome. But don't let those hurdles stop you from where you're trying to go.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I, I really agree. I really agree. Definitely. And um, I'll have the link for the book in the description box below for sure for people to pick up. I'm going to pick it up for sure. You know, I'm going to buy people. Uh, anybody listening to this, uh, definitely get the book. And as far as your experiences in corporate America, you don't have to detail um, specific experiences or everything, because I can tell you, you um, Pretty much the same for me. You know, I was working a job that I absolutely hated, despised. And um, writing was, I was always writing before then, but then that job was just motivation for me to to get out. Um, Not necessarily writing about the the just bad situations that were going on, but necessarily just writing in general, whether it be journaling about those situations or just writing about something totally different. Um, just having that control, that sense of control and creativity, um, it's a real dope feeling to me. It's a real great feeling because, um, if you're, when you're in a situation like working a job that you absolutely hate, you feel like you have no control over your life or no control over the situation. Um, and I've just, that's why I champion writing so much, honestly, to everybody, whether it's your passion or not, it is something that you can control. And from head to toe, the narrative, you can control the tone, what you want to say, what it's about, um, how it's done. It's in your control. And I feel as though that um, even if you're not a writer, once again, writing is something that you should do because um, it will motivate you to take control in other aspects of your life, um, no matter what is going on. And that will, in turn make people happier in my opinion of course but uh um if you feel like it's sharing some experiences what were some of the experiences you've dealt with um in the corporate world that just made you want to say you know what fuck it really i'm going into writing
1: so just the invisible versus the visible like and when I say that I mean like okay they they see me but they really don't acknowledge me so it's like okay I'm visible whenever you want me to do something for you but then when it comes time for for you to do something in return for me like you know put some respect on my check or give me another opportunity or promote me or or etc that becomes an issue another thing I I think when you're working in a male-dominated field that's full with the good old boys, Caucasian males, and you're the only African-American, or like I say, the only chocolate drop on your team, they don't really see you. Like They're like, oh, she's just, at the time, I was just an admin. Oh, she's just an admin or whatnot. So she's going to do this, this, and this for us. But I was like, I had to lay the groundwork in a lot and tell them yes i'm your admin but i'm not your wife at work i'm not your buddy like we're not like homeboys homegirls like this is my job and i had to tell them like i'm not going to be your personal assistant i don't fetch sandwiches i don't go on coffee runs and i had to be specific and let them know like these are the things i'm going to do that are within my job description and these are things that i'm not going to do because i don't i don't want to be seen as the help and I also had to demand respect because at that time I was the only female on the team, the only chocolate drop. And I felt like if I didn't go in there and let them know that these are the things that are my negotiables and non-negotiables, these are the areas that I'm going to tolerate and not tolerate, I felt like it could have went sideways. So that's another example. Another one that I that I faced a lot um, in the corporate setting, because I'm still there now, is a lot of nepotism, favoritism sexism. And um that really rubs me the wrong way because I feel like if someone if two candidates are going up for the job, you shouldn't give the job to someone based on them being like your Aggie buddy or your longhorn buddy, or because like, oh, that's your girlfriend's cousin or whatever the case may be. I think the job should go to the best candidate for the position another thing was like, okay, like I've seen some people do some strange things for a piece of change. Like I'm not going to compromise my morals and my values to get ahead. I'm not going to give head to get ahead either. And, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like sometimes you have to know who you are and know that, you know, let your work speak for itself. Like, don't, don't settle just to get ahead because then they're always going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that chick or that's that guy over there. That's going to that's going to belittle himself to get where he wants to go, because then you you put a label on yourself. Um, another thing was like make sure like you can challenge authority, but do it respectful. And when you do it, come with your facts like meaning. When I was an administrative assistant, I was in that role for four and a half years, right? And I knew that that was not going to be my end-all be-all, which is why I went back to school. I even changed my major from psychology to supply chain and logistics and technology because the company, I saw that they offered tuition reimbursement. So I was like, who wouldn't want to jump on that bandwagon and get some of your tuition paid for, you know? So um, I had switched my entire degree plan. And once I graduated, I was like, OK, I have my four year degree now. I have the paper like I want to get out of this administrative assistant role. And I felt like walls came up because they're like they probably they probably were thinking, oh, she wasn't really going to do it. But I was really serious. And I was telling them, hey, you're not just going to put me in a box like I'm more than just a box. Like I'm not even a box. Like I feel like I'm a I'm a rent rectangle, uh, diamond or whatever, Pentagon or whatever. Like there's no limitations on me. And so once I got that degree, made it legit, I went to my manager and I was like, hey, what other roles are available out there? But of course I did it more tactful. You know, I was like, this is my four year degree. I graduated with honors. I want to do a professional role. And coming into the company that I am now, I already had previous oil and gas experience, like doing technical stuff. So I, like I tell people you have to be a champion and own your craft and use your voice and don't and don't let people like I said put you in a box or limit you um so that's another hurdle I had to jump through in the corporate sector and then some other things I endured was having like supervisors that don't necessarily look like you try to pigeonhole you or keep you back and i feel like if you're if you are truly a good manager and you possess leadership skills you will want your subordinates to to flourish because when they flourish that makes you look good but as long as you're trying to keep someone in the same position because they're doing a good job and you don't want to let them go that puts that individual in a, in a state of mind where like they no longer care because they feel like, Hey, I'm busting my ass. Like I'm working twice as hard. I'm meeting my metrics and all of this stuff, but then they don't want to see me progress in the company. And when people get like that, they start to mentally check out. And when they mentally check out, that's when your creative juices begin to flow. So that's when the writing is ignited. That's whenever the entrepreneurship is ignited. That's whenever like, oh, you know, your other gifts and talents are pulled out of you because you could only take someone beating you down for so much longer, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, or whatever. So I feel like you have to analyze all the all the things that you endure and then strategize as you are willing to launch out deep and take a leap of faith.
0: Exactly. I love it. Um, what you was just describing, that was me. That was me at my last job. Um, I it got to the point to where it only lasted about a year and um year and about three months, but still it got so bad within that year and three months um, that I just didn't care. And because I didn't care, um, I felt as if though I was trapped and then that feeling of not having control. And then again, that's what tapped me into just finding more writing opportunities or at least uh, working on the, you know, the books that I'm working on right now and just what I'm doing with this podcast, just things that I can control, things that, I, uh, that I'm that i in charge of and just uh, getting the creative juices out there. Um, so I love that you brought that up. I also love that you brought up that as soon as you got there, you let it be known your limits and what you're not going to do. I feel as though oftentimes Black folks, Black women especially, are told when they are in the higher positions that they have to, play ball and be docile and not say anything or wait until they've you know done x amount of years for them to be more assertive and even when they do that they have to be assertive like passive aggressive type type of assertive and not like assertive to the point where it's okay yeah yeah I I might sound threatening right now but I need this to be done or I need uh, you know X, Y, and Z from you. So I'm glad that you went into it and you didn't go into it with the whole passive, also mindset. Um, because, like I said, uh, black folks, black women especially, are are told that a lot in these fields, um, especially in corporate America. So kudos to you for that. Um
1: Can, I, I want to chime in right there, really quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. So I feel like uh black women, chocolate drops are they're told that because every time you look at a black woman that's in power or that's climbing the corporate ladder, they they wanna label you as like aggressive or angry mm-hmm. black woman or whatnot. And they don't really wanna see like the value that you bring to the table. Yes, you're doing the work, but then they also have certain microaggression and stereotypes that they use. And I feel like if more Black women would ignite their voice, but do it in a tactful manner, but let people know that they mean business, then you will be helping the next Black woman that is coming behind you or the next Black brother, because we need to champion together to cut down all these stereotypes. Because how much longer are we going to continue to operate in the mindset that they have already conditioned us to think and I feel like whenever you are passive like nothing is going to come to you so I like to say like what they say in the urban culture closed mouths don't get fed so if you stay there and be quiet be docile or whatnot do you think that they're going to come to you and be like hey monique or hey Ashley, or, hey, um, Shanika or whatever, we got this new opportunity for you. Are you interested? No. They're going to give it to to Susie Q, the Karens of the world, and those who do the same thing that you do, the ones who are vocal, the ones who are championing their career versus a chocolate drop that's doing the same thing, but the only thing that's different is the color of their skin. Because in this society, people still see color. And I wish people would take their blinders off and look at people for their assets and their uniqueness that they bring to the table and not just by their appearance.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Definitely see them for their assets, their character, um, not by their appearance and definitely not by stereotypes that they have because I feel as though a lot of these people, uh, they've never really dealt with Black women or Black men Um, And it's because of their, like their background, of course, maybe they grew up in, in towns and areas where there's not a lot of black people, but it's not like black people are not on this earth. And it's like, you can go out and you can interact with us. And, you know, when you get into these fields or before you get into these corporate fields, and it's really on them to make that effort. It's not on us to not, quote unquote, act out or, you know, be a certain way and whatever. As you said, there there are ways that um, Black women can communicate that um, their position and whatever without, you know, obviously uh, going overboard. But it's not up to a Black woman to just say, let me silence myself. It's not up to anybody Black, period, to say, let me not say how I feel or just insert myself in whatever situation or ask for this role because I have to play this role. Uh, I have to play this part. Um, and then wait until it happens because as you said, you, you, wait and nothing happens. Clothes, clothes mouths do not get fed. And that is true. Um, love the discussion that we're having. I'm going to be real with you. The email that I sent you with the questions on it. Um, for some reason, I'm trying to look for that email. I cannot find it. So I wrote down like three of the questions that I remember from off top. Um, but I know it was like more <laughs> than three questions. So if you don't mind, if you if you still have that email, um, feel free to chime in on any of the questions. Um, but if not, feel free to chime in on anything else you would like to mention and you would like the audience to to know and hear.
1: OK, cool. So I'll let you start with the questions that you have and I will pull up the email.
0: All right. So <laughs> I pretty much asked the first two. I asked about your experiences within a professional field. Now, I know you shared a bit about your experiences as a writer um, and it's it's still like a fresh thing. A few months. Um, is there like any more uh that you've experienced or any other books that you're working on at the moment, you don't have to expound too much, but, um, as much as you want to, of course.
1: So I feel like I have some goodies in the bag that I haven't unleashed yet. One thing that I really want to do is write a book about my father's life. Like Mm -hmm. I want him to tell it to me and then me write it.
0: That's dope. Hello?
1: Hello? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah I can hear you now. I, I, pause paused for a minute. I I wasn't sure if you were done talking or not.
1: Oh no. Um, sorry about that. That's weird. So um just writing about my dad's my dad's journey, just coming here to uh to America, having to work hard, having to deal with um, you know, the racial tension that he felt like being young here as well as the different jobs and stuff like that he's had. And just kind of like his life story is just like a passion. And I've just really been telling him like for years now, Hey, I want to write, I want to write about your story. I want to write about your story. And then now just back in May, When my dad got hospitalized, he's still in the hospital. He's now telling me, hey, I really want to do that project with you now. So I just thank God that, you know, he's starting to come around and just see the value and the power of sharing your story because your story can impact other people's lives. Because there may be someone else that's going through the same thing that you are, and they may not necessarily know how to deal with it. But your story can give them hope. It could give them their voice. It could give them their passion again. So I've definitely want to do that um I have some other things that I'm thinking about writing but just I just want to pray on it and just just make sure the season is right because I always like to analyze what's going on around me and then I, I like to tap into society to to just see okay is this a is this a good fit. Does it align with my my spirituality and et cetera? So I just have like a vetting process.
0: All right, cool. Um, definitely gonna send prayers for your father. Um, anybody out there listening, please send prayers uh, for Genesis father as well. Um, everybody has a story. I'm glad that he's coming around. Um, that's my thing. Everybody has a story to tell whether you're a writer or not um so i think that people um another thing people should do is at least tell their story and um you know whether it be through writing whether it be through some other means um i think people will um by doing so they they'll look clearly at their life and their decisions and just life in general and that can help them just understand who they are and the type of person they either want to be or the type of person that they, uh, as I said, who they are now, and probably, you know, look back at certain decisions and see, you know, what went where basically. So uh, that's pretty dope that you mentioned that. Um, I'm all out, but like I said, um, if, if there's anything else that you would like to mention, whether it's from the the email that I sent you or just anything in general, uh, feel free to um, talk about it.
1: Sure, so um I kind of want to dialogue about how you felt and how you felt like in the corporate sector because you said that you could relate a lot to my story, and then I want to piggyback off of that with um the book dedication and some reflection quotes, because I think it's important. Like when you meet someone else who's, who's went through a similar experience, I think it's important to hear how their experience was and see the alignment or the overlap, because how I had described what I was going through and you said, yeah, I was there. It was like, okay, now I know that this book is on purpose, for purpose, and I always like to hear someone else's testimony and see how it coincides with with my gift that I had already imparted in the book.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I wouldn't say that the jobs that I had were like super corporate. Nonetheless, they were, one was retail. And the other one was, um, I worked for this school program. It was basically just a youth program. And I, I loved the, just that job. That would have to be one of my favorite jobs that I've had. And it's only one of the two good favorite jobs of mine. Um, but some of the same situations. It was, um, we were working with kids in the inner city. So mainly, primarily black and brown kids. But it was the white folks that was basically getting the airs and, and uh, getting listened to. And, you know, we were on the grounds, we meaning the black and brown folks, um, were on the grounds working within the schools with the children, as well as uh, in in the offices as well. And they would give a few of the black folks, uh, 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 you know, an opportunity to be the leads of things. Um, but they weren't being paid well. I remember my first year at that program, uh, when I started working within the school programs, because before I just did the summers with them, and um, it's a tennis and reading program. Um, so I was just like, primarily just a like a tennis instructor for the kids when I first started. But when I actually got out of, got out of like high school and stuff and got into college and started working with them, um, it was a black woman in charge. And I remember thinking, like, yo, this is dope. I'm a love it here. Um <laughs> and then she was just telling me, like, everything is not sweet. Like, yeah, like yeah, they put me in charge, but they don't they barely listen to me. They pay you shit. Um and she's she's had she's butted heads with some of the people there as well. Um, simply because she would share ideas and they would get shut down or they would, she would be told why it couldn't be done. Uh, we went through a shift, you know, fast forward, we went through a shift in the program. Someone else took over. This guy actually took over the, the guy that I knew who took over. He's still the CEO now. Um He was just, when I was just a kid, in, in the school, because this is a long story, basically. I'm trying to make it short. I got word of the program because when I was in middle school, um, I was a part of said program. And the guy was Drew, that's his name. Um, he was one of the just instructors. So he got the job that he has now because of me, because of my recommendation, because of the, there was just one day they were doing his interview. I seen him. He said he was applying for it, and I put in a good word for him. But then as soon as he got in charge, it was like he couldn't even look out for me, white guy. So it's like you want to talk about all this uh, coming together and all the work that we've done. Um, And when he started, that's when a lot of the people, a lot of the uh, people of color started to leave. And I should have seen that as a sign that – things weren't going as well they still have you know a, a decent amount of black and brown people there within the schools and and in the offices as well but uh yeah um I should have seen it as a sign, and I was too complacent because I was satisfied with the money and I was just honestly just too afraid to move forward and um yeah, he did not look out for me at all. I got him the job, basically, based off of my recommendation. I believe so, because I was told that it would. if it wasn't for my input, he probably wouldn't have gotten a call as early. He wouldn't have gotten a call, but not as early as he's gotten it. So I'm like, I'm the reason why he's there, and he couldn't look out for me or, you know, the people that I was trying to at least help elevate. Um, so – I took that as a slap in the face, honestly. And I was like, Oh, so I'm good enough for them to, you know, step over and say, okay, you know, as a, as the, how can I put this? I was basically like a ladder for him to climb up, but nobody wants, nobody at the top wants to reach their hand down and pull me up or at least, you know, try. So, I got to the point to where I got stagnant and I didn't want to do anything out of the norm. I remember uh, he would always want to have these like company outings. And my, my thing was, if, if I'm not getting paid to be there, I'm not being there. And uh, he called me one time and was like, Hey, Ernest, how come, you know, it's for the kids, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, Okay, I'm there. I've always – that's the only time I would do things free was for the kids. But then this was just an event for, like, a tennis uh, tournament he was doing for the staff members and stuff, and this wasn't for the kids. And I'm like, so what's the prize? Oh, it's just a gift card, a $500 gift card or something. I don't know. It was like an iTunes gift card. I'm like, I don't really use iTunes. And it's not for the kids. And also, I'm not getting paid. So I'm going to take this time out, not go to that event and work on what I want to work on, which was writing. I was blogging a lot at the time. Um, And that didn't sit well with him, obviously, you know, being told no for probably the fifth time that year from me, at least. Um, That didn't sit right with him. And then long story short, I was. How can I put this? I won't say that I was I want to say I was fired, but he never really said I was fired. He said that my services was, you know, too great for the business or too wonderful. The the service that I provide for not only for the co-workers, but um, just the students in general um, is too valuable for me to be working at that organization because apparently they were losing funding and they couldn't pay everybody. So.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, he told me I was one of the individuals that wasn't on like a guaranteed contract with them. Therefore, if I were to continue with them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be paid, basically. And as much as I love the kids, it was like, I have to focus on me first. So that was that, um, And then I took a retail job after that because I was still in school. I I studied, like, as well. But it definitely wasn't the – it was after sophomore year, honestly, um, where I knew that wasn't a field that I wanted to be in. Um, I just got into it because my mom was – and everybody else, for some reason, was like, yeah, you would be a great, you know, therapist, psychologist, and my high school guidance counselor was like, "Go and give it a try," and because she was like, "I think you'd be a great guidance counselor," and you know things that I need. You. So, I just went into it because, again, I was just I wasn't really living my life. It was everybody telling me I should do it because of the money, because of the title, and you know it is a very successful field. And I'm not knocking anybody who you know is into all that, but it just wasn't for me. Um, so I took a retail job. That was the job that I did for a year and three months. Hated every day of that job. Um, pretty much the same situation, though. It was, um, you know, p- managers who did not want to see you do better. Um, whenever people would compliment you, uh, he would downplay your 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 your, uh, your work, or he would just straight up just. Overwork you or try to try to mess you up in a way just so he can say, "Oh, he's not perfect" or "She's not perfect" because there was this day or there was this one time or this, and it was like, "Come on now, like, we're we're, we're adults here. Why are you why are you doing this childish shit?" Basically, um, I was just unhappy at that place, and I I saw the people there, and no disrespect to them, um, but I was like, I don't want to be any of these people. Um, some of them were a lot older than I am. Some of them were the same age. Some of them were younger. Um, but I was just like, I don't want to be these people. I don't want to just rely on this job as a source of income. And if I have to quit, I'm going to quit. You know, um, if I have to save up, you know, as many checks as I can to and, you know, until I find something better, then I will do so. Because at this point, my happiness, my creativity, my, just my want and will to have control over my life means more than just a steady uh, $300, $250 check every week. You know? Um, so that was that. And it really got to the point where one of the store managers uh, saw me just standing around because no customers what do you what else you want me to do and uh he's like trying to berate me in front of the customers who were shopping but not necessarily done shopping so they weren't you know ready to check out uh, and I just let him know you're not going to disrespect me in front of these people when I'm not the only one uh, standing around. No, I'm not the first employee you ever seen standing around. Simply because there are no customers, and, and instead of telling me to go into a uh, go into a department that I do not work in, that you're not going to pay me extra to do, you do your job as the manager. And if you see something else, uh, you know that needs to be done, you do it because you're still being a manager doesn't mean you have to walk around and just look at people and stuff. And that's, that's what they did at that job. That's they didn't do any of the work. It was just, we walk around and we stare at you doing your job and then we move on to the next person. Um, But yeah, I was just really unhappy and I just like you, I just felt as though like my writing, there was a purpose to my writing and it was, wasn't just for myself. Um, but other people as well have said the same thing that, um, I've inspired them in ways with my writing. Um, people enjoy the, just the overall freedom that I have uh, within my voice and how I, and what I do here as well on the podcast. So, um, yeah, so those are like some of the things that I went through and, as you mentioned before, I was that individual who just had no motivation because I was like, okay, if I am not going to be uh, in higher positions, then w- what's the point of me going above and beyond? You know, I'm not going to spend, uh, you know, more years of my life doing a job that I'm never going to. I'm never going to really um, grow in and might as well just take a chance on myself and who and, and what I really want to do. So, yeah, I know so- that's a real long winded explanation, but I-
1: no, no, no. I was like really listening and vibing with it because those as you were talking, I had some questions for the listeners that I want them to. To listen and self reflect on before we jump into some more nuggets from Chocolate Drop in corporate America from the pit to the palace. So, what you just described is actually what a lot of people go through, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the corporate sector, which is which leads me to my book because I tell people everyone goes through certain things no matter where they work. So even though my book says Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, if you look at the type ti- if you look at the title, that may cause you to just limit it or not pick up the book. But if you look at the image that's on the cover, you'll see there's all types of professionals on the cover, all types of backgrounds, all types of races, because it takes each one of us, no matter if you're chocolate drop, vanilla drop, creme de la creme, caramel, it takes all of us coming together and uniting our assets to make something wonderful. Because no one got got to where they were on their own in the world. So some questions that I took down based on your experiences and my experiences that I want the listeners to ponder on for a second before we... Um, go further is how much are you getting paid to compromise on your goal Mm -hmm. and are you helping people that don't believe the same meaning you're lending your hand out to pull someone to pull someone up but when they get up to the level they're now in a space where they should be lending their hand out to pull the next person up no matter if that person is male female black white, Asian, Hispanic, you still have to keep the process going because you didn't get to the top by yourself. Someone pulled you up to the top or you use your networking skills. And I definitely believe networking is key because a lot of people say nowadays, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So are they paying you to silence your purpose? Meaning, are you letting money drive drive you? Or are you willing to stop letting the amount of dollars and your yearly salary or hourly rage keep you boxed in and silence your purpose? The next one is, when is enough enough? Meaning, when are you going to reach the point where you say, you know what, I've had it. I'm ready to do something else. And why do we continue to stay complacent? Is it out of fear or is it comfort? Because when I think about fear, I think fear is false evidence appearing real. And comfort is when the money is good, you really don't want to rock that boat, or you want to launch out deep, but you don't know what to do. When you feel like that, that's the time when you need to launch out deep because that's when, you know, divine connections come, divine interventions, the right people at the right time will come into your life. And unhappiness pushes you to do big things when you allow the journey to navigate you. Because a lot of people, like if you think about the Steve Jobs, you think about the Mark Cubans, the Damon Johns and stuff like that. They were all unhappy at one point of their life, and that pushed them to creating great empires. Apples, um, Shark Tank, FUBU, um, the, the um, owner who created who um, championed the company the kind bars and stuff like that if you look up look at all the people that are out there doing incredible things in the world who constantly have people buying their products or services day in or day out they got to where they were because they were unhappy and they wanted change a change that was going to be revolutionary and you want the type of change in your life that caused to make money when you're sleeping, that causes you to provide life for your family, that causes you to be on that pillar where not only are you sharing your stories across the world for future generations, as well as society that you're living in now, but you want your legacy to be around whenever your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and other people come. So what are you going to do now that sets you up for success in the future? So those are some nuggets that I want all you listeners to be thinking about right now and get a journal. And the call to action is to write down some of the answers to the questions that I just asked. Self-reflection is very important and it's going to help you fuel your, fuel your passion, tap into your purpose, and open your destiny assignment. And then I want to, um, any comments to that, Ernest?
0: No, I I think it's all great. I think it's all great. I agree with all of it. Uh, definitely, if you're listening right now, please, uh, take notes on your phone, do it the good old-fashioned way, pen and pad. Um, And think about these questions, because I've talked about this um, number of what you said, uh, all of it, really. I've talked about this plenty of times on my podcast. And, um, you know, I really want to know who's listening, if they're really going to reflect on that. And, you know, these are the type of messages that need to be reiterated, not just by myself, but uh, from other people as well, since, you know, doesn't make me look like the crazy guy out here. So I appreciate you for doing that.
1: My pleasure. I definitely believe in like pouring back into others because someone poured into me. So the least I could do is impart that onto someone else who may be struggling to find their place in the world or not really knowing what to do. It's okay to jump. Like when you jump, like there's There's going to be a parachute to like keep you floating in the sky until you get leveled out and balanced. It's okay for you to walk into the unknown because when you're in that unknown, there's a lesson that you're going to learn and i just want to let people know if you keep allowing fear and your your negative thoughts and mindsets to keep you back you're never going to get to where you want to go and i know never is like a strong word but maybe i should say it's going to take you a lot longer to get to your your purpose and passion if you keep letting people things and fear hold you back because not everyone Is supposed to be on the journey with you. Not everyone is happy for you. They're going to say that they're happy, but then, you know, you could put them to the test because if someone is really happy for you, they're going to want to see you succeed and they're going to try to help you the best way they can. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It could be feedback. I'd like to tell people feedback is a gift. You take, you take what someone says and if it applies then run with it. If it doesn't, thank the person that they cared enough to even offer you some feedback and just discard it. You don't have to tell them that you're discarding it, but just leave it at the wayside. And continue to learn, grow, and cultivate yourself because life is a process and we're all trying to be better versions of ourselves daily. So no one is perfect. So I don't want you to shrink back or think that you're not good enough because rest assured you are enough and you do matter. You just have to start seeing yourself in a different lens. Um, So I definitely want to read the dedication section of my book to let people know a little bit more of the behind the scenes. Go right ahead. So to Vanessa, my spiritual angel, my ride or die, my bestie, my little sister, even though you aren't physically here, I know you are smiling down from heaven. Your legacy and impact will always live on this is for you and future generations to come so my little sister biologically she was my cousin but we grew up like sisters she passed away with lupus so i'm very passionate about the lupus cause um chocolate drop in corporate america is also dedicated to every admin who was told they would never get out of the box The one that the corporation places around you because they don't recognize your value and can't see past general administrative tasks. Admins. You are more than just an admin. Use your current situation to catapult you to your rightful platform. To every minority who has struggled to find their rightful place in corporate America as well as other industries. I dedicate this book to you as well. You are the ones who had to constantly fight for a seat at the table, work twice as hard, even to be seen and noticed and feel invaluable as if you are just a number to the corporation. Um, I'm going to pause right there really quick to interject. So a lot of times these corporations, they hire certain demographics just to show that they are inclusive and diverse. So, when you work for a company just know that you you just aren't a number and when you feel like you are just a number to the corporation take your skills and assets elsewhere where someone's going to recognize you for who you are and what you bring to the table you don't have to be that that demographic box for the company to check eventually you find that one divine connection who can truly that one divine connection who can truly see your worth Only then do you get a breakthrough. To every business professional in all walks of life, you are not forgotten. Everyone has faced and endured various trials and tribulations that could be spoken about, some of which were unfair, while others you turned from a negative into a positive. You have been emboldened to launch out deep and walk into your destiny, purpose, and calling. So, Like I said, the book is geared to every professional that is facing some form of challenge where they feel slighted in the workforce or whatever the case may be. To those who are willing to take the blinders off, do some self-reflection, and work on creating lasting change in the workforce, know that if we do not speak up, stand up, call out unconscious biases, and work on changing the mindset of those ignorant individuals then we are only regressing instead of moving forward in society let's all come together and work collaboratively to make lasting impacts unity is so powerful y'all i just really want to tell you Unite with those and educate those allies, those allies who generally care, and they show you that they're transparent. Tell them about your story, because that's the only way they are going to improve and let the fakeness and the false teachings that they knew when they were little, all the way up to adult, let those go. So you have to challenge people to take the blinders off and see you for you. Lastly, I dedicate this book to everyone who has a dream not to let people or things keep you in bondage. Follow your heart, share your story, travel, and be the best version of yourself. Someone needs you to pass the baton, be their voice, narrate their story, and partner with them to create a revolution of opportunities. And that's it for the dedication section. So definitely all about versatility. Definitely about the people. Like, even though I'm a chocolate job, like, I really care about other people. And that's part of my cultural background. Because when you travel the world, you're no longer in a box. You see people for who they are and what they have to offer.
0: Definitely. I love it. I love it. Really, really. Um, I know we've gone a little over an hour, so if you don't have anything else to, you know, say promote, um, oh yeah, feel free to promote anything else you want, of course. Once again, people, get Chocolate Drop. I'm, a, I'm definitely going to buy it uh, next week. Next week, I definitely need to start reading again, and I really appreciate it. Um, anything else you would like to say um, to our guest? Anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, anything in regards to Whatever is on your mind, feel free.
1: Sure. To all the lovely listeners out there, thank you again for tuning in. You can get Chocolate Drop in Corporate America on Amazon. The Kindle version is $2.99. Paperback is $13. You can connect with me on Facebook at Genesis, like the Bible, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, like Courtney Kemp, K-E-M-P. I also have a a fan page called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America that's still in the works. So feel free to like the page, subscribe, and keep connected for other nuggets. And if you want to email me, I love hearing from the listeners and the audience. You can email me at genesisamariskemp at gmail.com. And I really want to thank you all for taking time out of your day to tune in and hear what Um, what I had to say, as well as hear more from Ernest, your host, and I want to thank him for allowing me to be on his podcast show to speak to you all today.
0: Pleasure's all mine. I really enjoyed uh, having you on on this episode. I enjoy all my guests, if you all are listening, but sorry, Genesis is a favor right now. So (laughs) thank you for coming on.
1: My pleasure. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone, or week, whenever you decide to listen to this love and blessings
0: definitely you have a wonderful weekend um and whenever you want to come back on the show or anything you would like for me to promote just let me know you're you're all good
1: thank you so much Ernest. promote the book and um incredible incredible opportunity i'm so glad to be connected to you now because us authors definitely have to stick together
0: Oh yeah definitely Appreciate you for coming on.
1: Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. That was the interview. Once again, I just want to thank my wonderful guest, Genesis Amaris Kemp, for coming on the show, giving us all that beautiful insight. Uh, just being overall just dope great black queen y'all show her some love once again um, check out her book chocolate drop in corporate america once again in the description box below reach out to her via gmail Um I believe her facebook will be in the description box below everything that i have related to her please please and uh, have related to her in the description box below Please check it out. Please click the links. Um, Once again, Genesis, I appreciate you for coming on the show. And that is the episode for those listening. Um, Not only can you check out her links in the description box below, you can check out my links as well. If you want to support the podcast, hit that support tab wherever you're listening to this podcast. Or you could just look in the description box below, look at my look for the link to my PayPal and my Cash App name. Any amount, wherever you decide to donate is appreciative, and I greatly appreciate that. If you want to support freely, that's just as fine. A simple rate of the podcast, a simple share of the podcast, and subscribe, and a share of this episode. These are things you can do for free that show you support and I appreciate these things just as much as you just giving me a dollar all right especially the subscribing the rating as well rating it will let me know what I need to do to improve this podcast it also just lets the platform know that people are interested in the podcast that um, you are listening to therefore it somewhat promotes it to whatever that platform is especially on apple Podcasts. until next time until next episode stay black if you are black stay beautiful black lives matter lgbtqia lives matter black women matter black men matter black trans women matter black trans men matter and you matter and i'm out peace